0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of, I was about to say, AEW Central, because it's so. Yes, it's a very AEW-centric version of ESSR Central this week here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Ross McLeod, your host again after my loan deal to Craig Tara expired, joined once again by Grant McRobbie. The champion. The champ is in the house. (laughs) Winner of the sweeps, the AEW sweeps, as if there was ever a doubt there. (laughs) obviously we'll get more into the AEW card in a wee minute, it's a very AEW centric episode with so much happening over the weekend with All Out and so much coming up tonight at time of recording with Dynamite, but before all that if you want to hear last week's show hosted by Kwaku and Dave as they filled in while I was away or our extensive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews and news then that's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android and of course at Suplex Retweet everywhere that is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and of course Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community our community group on Facebook join that you can also answer Campbell's question, David Campbell every week posts a question, you guys answer, we'll read out the answers here on Central, so it gets, gets a wee chance for you to get involved in the show, but obviously there was a pretty big show this past week, <laughs> W all out, and of course the return we're all talking about, I alluded to, alluded to it with the name Paul White, Paul White is back in the ring <laughs> after <laughs> long months. No, no, of course not. Um, There's so much to get into with All Out. I'm just, I think I'd best just be reading out the results and then we can just, you can take a jumping off point if you wish. (laughs) That sounds
0: perfect. That sounds perfect. I've I've probably got something to say about every single match.
1: (laughs) So we had the Best Friends and the Jurassic Express defeating the Hardy Family Office uh, and the Hybrid 2. Uh, but the big return after that was the return of The Butcher. Uh, Miro defended his TNT title against Eddie Kingston under some nefarious means. John Moxley... (laughs) John Moxley defeated Kojima by pinfall, but then in a moment that I know you will have loved, Grant. I fucking forgot his name
0: Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, the fucking king up here. How
1: dare you? The Disrespect. Minoru Suzuki, yes. See, because I... So, I'm, like, I'm not reading Kojima's first name. And Satoshi, <laughs> As I went to say. Uh, Suzuki. Suzuki, oh, yes. <laughs> I had Satoshi in my head and I'm like, no, it's not Satoshi. No, Ross, you know this. Anyway, is Suzuki, is the king appeared and had an impromptu brawl with John Moxley putting John Moxley to sleep. Britt Baker, DMD, defending the title against Chris Statlander. The Lucha Brothers defeating the Young Bucks in a steel cage match to win the AEW World Tag Team Championship. The debuting Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Riot in WWE, as Jim Ross kindly reminded us, (laughs) last eliminated Thunder Rosa in the Casino Battle Royal for a future AEW Women's Championship match. Chris Jericho defended his career against MJF. CM Punk returned to the ring after seven and a half years away defeating Darby Allin Paul White as we alluded defeated QT Marshall and Kenny Omega defended the AEW World Heavyweight Championship against Christian Cage and the story after that match was the resurrection and reunition of the elite as Adam Cole baby is now all elite and as the crowd booed and booed hard Flight of the Valkyries played and the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, made his debut. It was it was a wild brawl that ensued after it. And it was, you know, we, we talk about how WWE loves going back to the Attitude Era well. This was the stuff in the Attitude Era that people really liked. The unpredictability, the returns, the turns, the debuts, the mass brawls sending the fans home happy and th- this this end segment wreaked that
0: Aye, the, the whole end segment was, some people maybe feel that there's too many debuts I feel for the length of the show and the calibre of the talent they brought in it all worked absolutely wonderfully you're going to have a lot of people say oh they're just taking ex-WW guys but all these guys that have came in had a history before WWE as well they're all well established veterans even right down to Ruby she had a long history before. Um, one of the, one of the most outstanding things to come out of this pay-per-view was also the fact that Lana did tweet Miro was going to get his nuts redeemed by her that night for his victory. Lucky boy. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the, the actual <laughs> I, I think like watching it live and chatting to friends that were also watching it live, we all kind of expected the Ruby the Ruby Soho appearance, which we still loved we expected the Daniel Bryan appearance, we loved that. Adam Cole was the one that still felt in the air. So when that music kicked in, and the Titan Tron showed it was Adam Cole, the reaction was fucking universal. Everyone went nuts.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think the, the Adam Cole, the bit where it goes, anyone that can beat us is either retired, not here, or already dead, and that's when a wee bit of it cannot be. No. No, do not because obviously for people that don't I I didn't know this. Like people made jokes about this for years. It was only about two or three years ago that I realized. So on being the elite, Adam Cole was killed off. And that, that was when he went to NXT. Now he's been resurrected. Um obviously funny would you call it some funny n patter between a couple of pals. That's all it was that kind of caught on and then (laughs) it's the oh my god is adam cole gonna be the one to take it this is such long story building and then he kicks jungle boy right in the face kicks jungle boy right in the face kenny emir goes he's one of our best friends are you people stupid and just taunts the crowd again and it made that daniel bryan entrance that much better because see if adam cole just came out and went i'm i'm all elite and I'm with the elite. And Kenny Omega didn't do that thing of taunting the crowd or hyping the crowd up. Or did you really think we were going to have someone, Dave, Like, we run the company and just annoy the people. And then it wound them up so much more that when Daniel Bryan did come out, it was like they were in the middle of booing. They weren't going, Where's Daniel Bryan? Where's Daniel? You know, the yes chance hadn't quite started yet. So then they start when Bryan's in the ring. <laughs>
0: Aye, ah, they, they really, they paced it perfectly. They threw in a little curveball there. Like, AEW has pretty much, they knocked it out of the park, beginning to end with that pay-per-view. Even people that don't normally look at AEW are asking, where can I watch this? There's enough buzz generated off it, and Adam Cole's probably the best signing out of the lot of them there, in my opinion, because as Stephen's article on the website put it, Cole's younger than the, like, quite a bit younger. He's only 32 He's got so much time ahead of him in his career and he's came off a red-hot NXT run, which got him popular in the mainstream audience. This yep. is a huge acquisition.
1: Well, exactly, that's the thing. It's it's a case of he might have, you know, a, he, he did have a career before WWE, but he wasn't mainstream before WWE, that's the thing. WWE have made him mainstream and then for, you know, I, I said... Uh, it wasn't an argument, just I was debating with people because I was saying I thought also, like Steam's article said, I thought Adam Cole was more of a loss than Brian because I think we all know Brian wants to wrestle in Japan. They have the Forbidden Door. Brian is coming up to the end of his career. You know, he does have neck injuries. He has said that his neck has started to hurt again. So if he wants to go to Impact in Mexico and Japan and wrestle some people in AEW, he's going to have to do it now. And that's the thing, he, he, at the press conference, he wasn't like, because he didn't have reason to, but Punk did, even though Punk never went like, full gun hole, fuck WWE. Brian was just like, I loved where I worked, I enjoyed where I worked, but I need a change and I'm coming here to do this. Adam Cole, to me, is because they all compared him to Shawn Michaels, the next Shawn Michaels, this is like letting a peak 95 Shawn Michaels when he's right on the cusp of superstardom. This is like letting a 95 Shawn Michaels go to WCW. It's an it's own goal for, like, for Vince and that, and it's,
0: it's now, obviously, the, the rumours are starting to feel up about Kevin Owens as well coming near the end of his contract. Like, Let's face it, if if they got him as well, it would again be another big loss for WWE in my opinion.
1: The thing is as well, these are guys who were going to be the future at one point and it's it's Triple H that's built these guys and it's Triple H you feel for because it's Vince that then goes, nah. Because <laughs> like, I don't think anyone was stronger booked over a, a more consistent period of time than Adam Cole in NXT.
0: Uh, pretty much, what was that, like, bordering five years of pretty much always being in that kind of main event scene, or if he wasn't in the main event at the time, he was still heavily involved in the tag division with the rest of Undisputed Era, so in the War Games matches.
1: Well, there you go, the War Games, the the NXT title, the first ever NXT North American champion, a Dusty Cup winner, uh, involved in the tag team with the rest of Undisputed. Like, it's it is such an own goal for WWE to, as you said, let him go. And that's the thing. He's now with friends. He's now with where his partner works. He's now on a lighter schedule. He is now more than likely on more money. That's yeah, all so all that, there's, the there's good, nothing <laughs> Yeah, for all the goodwill Triple H built with him and building him and you know Adam Cole saying I left on good terms and all that, I don't think he's going, he, he's not going back. That's the thing. <laughs> Ah, that's it. Like that, That's
0: that's what I've, I've really felt impressed to like being a class act. That like none of these guys that have came over have like properly slagged WWE. They've not really taken any any blows. Even when you look at like Malachi Black and that, he expressed frustrations, but he never outright turned around and went, "It's a shit place to work. I don't like them or anything like that." He never tried to bury them. None of them have done that. It just makes them look like a class act. And I think a big thing to look at it as well is Daniel Bryan is a good example, being that. He wanted to go there even though he was happy where he was. It speaks volumes for the for the fan base AEW's built and the potential excitement. And this is where the next few months is going to be a big, big sort of proving point for AEW. They need to nail it pretty much on the head consistently right through for the next, I'd say, three or four months, bringing it into 2022. And if they can keep that momentum going... And find a way to balance the amount of talent they've got, which they seem to have a reasonable plan for it. It's it's going to work. Like I I I like it the fact that yes they have like four shows, but only two of them are really crucial would be in television. And like what I used to love about NXT, you would get a bit of a rotation. Like you didn't have to have the champ on every single week, and these people, and you were able to alternate people in and out to give equal opportunities. As
1: frustrating as a WWE fan to maybe watch people that you enjoyed in WWE go somewhere that you and it, again people go well why don't you just watch AEW week to week I don't have fight, I only have BTE for the football but WWE happens to be there so it's like oh that's a happy coincidence and by the time I get round to getting a stream or something for AEW it's a case of well I already know what's happened because you know people posted it all over the internet so it's a case of
0: because uh, it doesn't go on ITV four until like the Friday night, so you're kind of like you're two days behind. And two yeah. days doesn't sound a lot, but in the modern like back at uh, back in the day, I remember when it used to be like you didn't like be- like we had dial up internet, so like like getting a hold of like what was happening on RAW, you pretty much had to wait until Friday, even though it'd been on in America on the Monday. You- and it didn't get spoiled for you. You didn't-, you didn't have full internet. You didn't have smartphones. Fucking hell, make my sound 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 really old here, but. <laughs> You know, nowadays it's like it's like back then you could go like a week, you could go two weeks without knowing a result. But nowadays it's like if you can make it like even even six hours after a show has ended, that's impressive because even the companies themselves are putting up the results and pictures and that everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook within hours of a show ending.
1: That's the thing; it's companies are smart to it now, where where the internet traffic that say some blogger would get for posting a spoiler. Well, they jump on beforehand and go. Well, actually, at our tapings, this happened. Tune in on you know Friday night for Rampage to see how. I'm just throwing an example out here. How Andrade won the TNT title. You know what I mean? Like, it's just speaking of Andrade, obviously he he was meant to have a match on on All Out against Pac. Travel issues prevented that. It's happening this Friday on Rampage. But uh, apparently Andrade liked a very discouraging tweet about the AEW Rampage. Um, they said, someone tweeted, Hey Charlotte, why is why is your future husband on Friday Night Heat saw the Rampage, which he liked? And you're like, Andrade, what are you doing, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, it's one of those things I'm like, does he actually
0: know what he's liked? Because I know sometimes Andrade's English isn't always up to scratch and... You know, maybe for him, maybe he just doesn't give a fuck. Maybe he's just like, you know what? I liked Friday Night Heat back in the day. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: So we'll go through some of the other matches, obviously. Um The 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 other big one, obviously, which... It's weird. CM Punk sort of overshadowed the main event, but then the, after the main event sort of overshadowed CM Punk. But... um CM Punk and Darby Allen I thought they had a good back and forth match. Um Punk's first match in seven and a half years. I don't think he's lost anything and I was really i am w- really glad at this and that he hasn't tried to add, he's always been a submission wrestler but he's not tried to add any MMA moves in or anything just because we know how sporty into MMA went. So I was really hoping he didn't show up with like you know, Brock Lesnar style gloves and all that on. I, I
0: think like the, I think the biggest shock for people is Punk wearing tights. Everyone's like, "That's not the shorts. That's not the. That's not like the like the shorts that he wore in Ring of Honor. It's not the the trunks that he wore in WWE." But I feel like the match itself, the man's been gone seven and a bit years. He said it himself, he's not really done any wrestling training that time because he was always focusing on MMA, um, which is a completely different kettle of fish for training, um, and the he was there where he needed to be, he was there to catch Darby, Darby bumped from like a madman because Darby seems to be intent on trying to kill himself in the ring um, especially with that one where he, like, he missed Punk, he went right through the ropes and he missed the steps on landing by like inches I was like that's fucking incredible that landing but you know anyone that was expecting a huge spot fest and things like that, you're looking at the wrong match, like P- Punk's wrestling style in the back, as you say it, it was submission based, it was very methodical and you could see the nervousness at the beginning, but a few minutes in, it's like he was never gone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the thing. Like, His style was methodical. Chain wrestling, it's why his matches against uh, Daniel Bryan for the WWE title were so well received. It's why his fighting from under sort of style against Brock Lesnar, why that match was so well received. And... You know, we weren't expecting a spot fest. He can do it when needed. You know, when the big guy like Brock Lesnar isn't doing the big spots or the guy like The Undertaker or Triple H. You know, he done it against them. But, you know, against the guy like Darby who is going to do the high spots, you can't have both guys matching top rope for top rope.
0: Yeah, that's it. You need, you need a, a different mesh. And that's where I feel the two styles meshed really well. In my opinion, the right man went over. What's next for them? That's what's intriguing me because they didn't hint as to who they're going to, who each man is going to get next, and that's what's. This is why I'm very curious. Are we going to get something in dynamite tonight? That's going to give us that.
1: I thought there was going to be something with Sting. I thought they were going to, like, see why well Punk's hot, and while well, they still have Sting, because let's be honest, they won't have Sting for long. I thought they were going to have Sting drop them in Chicago, and that would create to Punk versus Sting. Because that that is a match you're like, that's a match only created in WWE 2K14 before this. (laughs) Now you're you're like, we could have this on a pay-per-view. So I thought it was going to be that, but no, they have have kept you wondering. Uh, You talked about how people might have been expecting a spot fest. I think that was reserved for the other match, which was the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Uh, An absolutely sensational steel cage match.
0: For me, I, I'm, I'm saying it right now, Like at this point where we are in 2021, that has been my match of the year. That was absolutely ludicrous, some of the spots. Um, not for everyone's taste, because we know a lot of people don't like the whole spot fest mentality. And but I felt that these two teams just seemed to have an unnatural level of chemistry with each other. The Bucks looked like complete and utter dickheads going into it. Proper full-out heels, which you just love to hate. The the throwback spot to PWG with the, uh, the, uh, the Air Jordan covered in thumbtacks, like an actual $2,500 trainer. I was like, how to make people hate you even more? Just show that you're burning off all that fuck you money that you've earned from starting your own promotion.
1: <laughs> Did you see their bio? Uh, they change their bio every so often, so it's probably gone by now. But I'm going to check to see if it's still there, and if not, I'm going to try and look for it. It was their bio after all out, and it was just it was so like petty and so snidey. Like you know, it's been done tongue in cheek, but they're playing heels just now, so it's like, aye, we're taking this seriously.
0: i uh, they've already changed it because they've even done things like they've they've changed their location to your head rent free.
1: Yes, I've seen that. I've seen that It was basically it was like. You'll never make it, okay. Well, you'll never make it as a tag team. Well, you won't make it now you've left TNA. Okay, you won't make it on your own. Okay, but you can't sell that many T-shirts on your own. Okay, but your company's just a T-shirt company. Okay, but you'll never be a rival to WWE. <laughs> okay, but you'll never sign these big stars. Like, and it, it just like it was dot dot dot. It was, it was quite funny. I quite enjoyed that one. Um, the Bucks, is, yeah exactly as you said $2,000 shoes with thumbtacks put in them and the fact that they were ripping and pulling at the mask which is always a good heat magnet I mean like when you look closely at Pentagon's
0: face they might have blood, I was like holy shit he is looking rough
1: That's what I was going to say as well the Young Bucks in um, this heel run it's been less um Obviously, they've had the cowardly tactics, they've had like Brandon Cutler bail them out, but in the matches themselves, they brought a new aggression and they did dominate the early part of the match, busting open the Lucha Brothers, I think, what basically lost it and what played up to the greatness of their heel turn is the fact that they were getting cocky, so they were just trying to humiliate the Lucha Brothers and then eventually it, it caught up with them.
0: I, it's it's one of those things because like, I think before the like, the lead up to this everyone thought after Jurassic Express kind of failed a couple of weeks ago I think everyone just went oh, Jurassic Express going to win that wee tournament and they're going to be straight back in and it was the Lucha Bros out of nowhere but in such a short time they just established like this. these teams have history all the way back they've just done match I've, I've had the joy of seeing both teams live in different matches and, that, and they are like they are the peak of tag team wrestling um well at least for that style, you know, it's as I say it's not everyone's style. But you know, that's what AEW does. They've got that style, but they've also got the likes of FTR to go and balance it out for people that want a more traditional look.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. They have got something for everyone. I think that's AEW's strength at the moment, whereas maybe WWE's issues, and we've seen Mick Foley. Mick Foley came out and said WWE we have a problem and basically called out WWE's style at the moment. WWE is going for one particular style. AEW's is catering to everyone. Yeah, that's that pretty much sums it up
0: bang on the money. Like AEW is going for, and the fact that WWE is is marketing itself as entertainment. AEW is marketing itself as wrestling. And you know, it's not that it's not that WWE doesn't have no good stuff right now. They do have they do have some particular really interesting moments right now. I've I've actually paid attention, like, even though I don't watch it regularly, I've still paid attention to a couple of bits like Reigns heel run has been to me absolutely stellar. Uh his match with Balor the other day, night there. boy at the park. But still it is entertainment. But that's there's nothing wrong with that. There is something there for everyone. WWE they will always be what they are. I don't think this is gonna kill them off or anything. of like that. Not by a long shot, but I think the competition is going to get fiercer and it's going to be a bit brilliant for us as fans.
1: That's the hope as well, because I think we are like, right, come on, right, like WWE, come on. They've signed Adam Cole, who have you got, come on? Oh, right, they, they've got Brian, but who Who have you got? Vince, Vince, are you there, Vince? It's like Metal Gear Solid. Snag, Snag, Snag. Snag. <laughs> Just Vince is not picking up. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from all out because <coughs> excuse me. We could we could watch lyrical about you know every match. We'll get more into uh, Suzuki when we preview Dynamite, and we'll get more into Ruby with Soho when we preview Dynamite as well. Um, but the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, five hundred list uh, was released today, so. GWI always tends to go on more kayfabe uh, achievements. I don't think there's any surprise to see who won. Kenny Omega, number one on the list. Champion in Impact up until recently. Current champion in AAA. Current record breaking champ as of this past weekend in uh, AEW. Holding three promotions, titles, and a on a list that basically ranks kfab achievements. There was no other winner than Kenny Omega then, surely?
0: Uh when you look at the way PWI break it down that mid June to mid-June, you look at the top ten list and Omega, it's it's hard to argue against it. His match performances are like absolute top quality. His promo work been, has been brilliant. He's been full out. like The old Kenny Omega has kind of appeared again, the, the proper dickhead heel. And for KFAP, yeah, three promotions. You can't argue it. Looking at the rest of the list, it's one of those ones that you could actually make a whole show just about discussing this top ten list. And everyone, like We've all talked about it in the group chat earlier. Everyone's kind of had their own take on who they would see. I argue about who came in at number three. I would put someone else in that list at number three. But I, I struggle to argue against the top two. Really, can't blame them there.
1: Number two, Roman Reigns. I've seen a wee bit of debate. It should have been Kenny, it should have been Roman, it should be. Been... I think we can agree what Roman's done doesn't take away from Kenny, and what Kenny's done doesn't take away from Roman. Both stellar work so far. I think Kenny edges it, and this is coming from the WWE guy, because he has been in three promotions, and this is <clears throat> a list that's strongly based in kayfabe, but always has been. Uh, Bobby Lashley number three, I, I I don't have a problem with him because, and we, we're doing a show on the history of the US title, so often, and I was thinking about the US title, there's so many wasted reigns, Bobby Lashley held the title from August to February, uh, It did. He, he was an unstoppable badass as that US champion, He then went on, became WWE champion and became an unstoppable WWE champion. So to me, I I don't have a problem with that, but understand why maybe some people would like someone else ahead of him. Uh, Drew McIntyre carried WWE for large parts of the COVID era and then obviously still consistently booked well on Raw. Number five, Kota Ibushi, obviously the... The crown prince of New Japan, the the, the fan favourite. He's he's obviously there thereabouts and everything. You'll obviously know more about him than me. Um, John Moxley, number six, AW champion up until December. A, uh, sorry, IWGP US champion up until very recently. Will Osprey, obviously, never lost the title. Finn Balor, NXT champion for nearly seven months. Uh, Takashi, single t- Shingo you- Takagi <laughs> um, current IWGP champion and Rich Swan TNA champion who also was competing in AEW for a while so the top 10 list is very very steeped in kayfabe and steeped in like, a lot of wins and title wins this year I, really, I don't have a problem with the top 10 to be honest with you no, I, I really
0: don't have an issue with who is in the top ten. Um, I, I would say uh, once you go past the top two, three to ten is completely interchangeable, dependent on your own views. I don't disagree with any of them being in the top ten. Um, if anything, I think, especially when people always seem to forget, it's based on that particular period. It's the June to the June, not what's happened, like it all out or the most like or 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 what. It is about that one year period. And like, for example, I would, I would maybe. Bumped to Takagi and Bauer up the list a little bit. Even Moxley, I'd actually bring a bushy down a little bit. You know, it's it's interchangeable. And you know, it's if anything, it's always going to make talking points. This time every year, Twitter becomes an absolute shitstorm for people trying to have friendly debate, which turns
1: into absolute savagery. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And like I said, I think we can we can maybe agree to disagree on people within the list, but it's like Kenny Omega being good in AEW doesn't mean Roman Reigns hasn't been good in WWE and then Roman Reigns being good in WWE doesn't mean that John Moxley wasn't a good champion in AEW in New Japan but doesn't mean that Rich Swann wasn't good in Impact do you know what I mean it's just it's, 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 it's just it's, even for <laughs> our sake It's all
0: subjective I mean like we've all got you're a WWE fan I'm a kind of everything else fan but I, it's not that I don't like WWE they've, they've still done things that I like and that I've got friends that don't watch AEW. Don't watch WWE. They only watch the likes of New Japan. You know, mm-hmm. it's you've got all these certain niches and that, and it's it is a case of this list isn't going to be a one size fits all because everyone's got. But we have to take into account everyone involved in that list is pretty much involved in one of the top four promotions in the world, really.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we'll move on to uh, well, just a wee quick story here, obviously uh, concerning Noam Dar and a promotion closer to home. Noam Dar, and the square goal of 2020, February 2020, right before coronavirus, basically stopped the world from happening. Uh, won the ICW World Heavyweight Championship from Stevie Boy. Um, Noam Dar, Wolfgang, Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey and the likes haven't really been in the, the COVID era ICW, WWE UK, basically keeping them at arm's length because, well, why wouldn't you? There's a pandemic. Um, And he's now officially been stripped of the ICW World Heavyweight title. I think this is the problem with WWE UK. I don't blame WWE for not letting people go wrestle for other promotions while a pandemic's happening, but at the same time, your your title is basically being held up by someone else who's in a different promotion.
0: I got really frustrated with this because the way I looked at it was like, they can't really cite travel issues because a lot of the ICW, like former ICW guys, were travelling down from Scotland to go and wrestle down in London and then yep. come back home again. So you, you kind of you give me that
1: pish. <laughs> I kind of come to the garage, Dallas. Flights for Cote Bridge have been cancelled.
0: Sorry, I was like, but did I not just see you in Silverburn or our Sorry, no, nope, can't make it. <laughs>
1: Nah, it is a weird one, because for a while, for anyone that hasn't watched the, the sort of COVID, uh, Behind Closed Doors, ICW shows, they were basically making the Zero G Championship as the World Championship for a while, and now they've stopped doing that, and now there's going to be two Fatal 4-Ways, one this coming Sunday, which is Jason Reed, BT Gun, DCT and Kez Evans in a Fatal 4-Way. Then there'll be another Fatal 4-Way, we don't know who's going to be in that, and then the winner of the two Fatal 4-Ways will face off in the main event of Fear and Loathing uh, in November. It's, it's a shame that such a long reign is going to be remembered for being a bit shit.
0: It's pretty much non-existent. Like He won the it won the belt, I remember being there for that night, it was it was actually quite a decent show, um, pre-speaking out everything and everything happening, and... It just feels like... Because Progress were also a victim of this when uh, it was a combination of two things, the pandemic and speaking out. Both companies got hit with serious amount of allegations. They had to strip titles off some people and things like that. I, I just feel at like the time, uh, WWE as well just pretty much made it a case of even if they kept the belt on Dar, who who would beat him? Because they'd have to pretty much go to WWE. Who can we have beat Noam Dar, please?
1: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. like I, I said this about, um, <clears throat> about Kenny holding three titles, like that, that, that could be, end up becoming an issue because we have seen it with NXC UK. Um, but yeah, Noam Dar, no longer ICW champion. It's a shame because he, he did announce that he was coming back. I think he basically moved from 205 to WWE UK full-time, so he was going to be back in ICW full-time. And then obviously that's not happening anymore. So, fuck well, farewell to the darn rain that never was. Um, <laughs> looking, ahead, looking ahead to Dynamite tonight, um, they're not going to make you wait. They're not going to make you uh, salivate at the thought of it. Minoru Suzuki versus John Moxley happening tonight. AEW Cincinnati. Uh, in John Moxley's hometown, he's going to war with Suzuki.
0: Uh, this is going to be an absolute beef slammer in yeah, a match and uh, I I'm actually, I'm actually love that was um, CM Punk tweeted his preview of this match and I'm going to quote it because I actually love the way he's described it without saying either man it's Carol Gotch trained king of Pancras fights local Cincinnati maniac tonight on television and if you're not into that I don't know what to tell you
1: <laughs> and of course uh, Ruby Soho winner of the Casino Battle Royal She'll be obviously gunning for Dr. Britt Baker, the current AEW uh, Women's World Champion. So it only makes sense for her first match to be up against Jamie Hayter. This,
0: to me, is going to be a chance for redemption for Jamie Hayter, because for anyone that watched uh, Dynamite the other week and it was Jamie Hater against, I think it was Red Velvet, that match fucking sucked. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It was god-awful. Um, and I know both women in that match were capable of so much better. I don't know what happened there, but I would like to think that this could be a, both a fantastic showing for Ruby's kind of debut in ring match um and a singles match. And I also feel for Jamie, she's got a lot to prove here and it's gonna I am hoping she will smash it out of the park. It's a match I'm looking really forward to.
1: Yeah, it's so I think people who knew Ruby Soho before the Ruby Riot days were very excited to see her um to see her in AEW and people who only knew it as Ruby Riot were like well what's the big deal it's Ruby Riot you know what I mean I think there was a it was a mixing of opinions so I think this is a very very big moment for Ruby Soho because it's our sort of coming out party it's a sort of chance to show actually this is what I could have done
0: Yeah that's it because a lot of people like some people were saying it's like what what moment did she have I don't remember a moment it's like it doesn't matter that she didn't have a moment she was still over with the crowd every time Ruby came back in WWE whether it's from an injury or what. The crowd popped for her. The fans mm-hmm. were there. But again, it's the usual Vince just never pulled the trigger. Like to me, like the riot squad never getting the women's tag belts was an absolute travesty, as much as splitting up the iconics.
1: Yeah, there's two big two big mistakes that you can label, like the death of the women's tag division on. Um also tonight, Malachi Blacks taking on Dustin Rhodes. Um I'm not looking forward to this and can I tell you why? I want to, I want to hear why because you know I love watching Black demolish people. <laughs> oh no, no. I, it's not that. It's This is a touch of the... Remember when Brodie Lee battered Cody and took his title and then battered all his family and battered all his friends and then Cody came back and then he beat Brodie Lee and then that was it. And it was just Cody's back. Cody's got his win back. Cody fought for the under. Cody's drew back. They said, we have big, apparently there's big plans for Cody. Of course there fucking is. Cody's writing them. Malachi Black is going to run through the entire Nightmare family and then he's going to go one-on-one with Cody Rhodes and he's going to lose and then it's just back to the start.
0: Yeah, no going to lie. I've got that fear. I'd like to think that for once... That's not going to be the case, but I do have that fear. I, I mean, I would love for Cody to come back and have uh, maybe a little bit more of a competitive match against Black to be like, right, last time I I, I wasn't really ready. I took, I've i had time to recover. I've watched you go through everyone. Have a good fight, but Malachi still puts some down. It's like, just stay doing this time, pal. It's 2 no
1: As someone who, who I, I watch all the AEW pay-per-views and if there's something massive, I do watch it. Well, I watch the Rampage where Punk debuted and what have you. Cody Rhodes is the only sort of off-putting thing to me about AEW because it's like, Kenny for a while, you could tell, you you could obviously tell, like, we're holding off on Kenny because everyone expects us to put the belt on him straight away. But you're like, it's Kenny Omega, you kind of have to eventually put the belt on him and it's been wonderful when they did. The Young Bucks, again, they held off. It was wonderful when they did. Cody were just like, oh, please God, no. Because it's going to be fireworks and America and fireworks and America and America and more America. <laughs> and it's, just, it's going to be awful.
0: <laughs> it, it's so frustrating because like before AEW um, and Cody kind of obviously having this control, his he's, he's stuff outside of it after WWE, he actually had some really fucking fantastic stuff in that. And, you know, he could play the face very well. He could play the heel really well. But you know, yeah. it, but it it was well, always it was always a case that there was like he never had complete control and uh, he would lose matches and that. Whereas it, it does feel at times that he's he's playing too much into the I am Guile from Street Fighter, I am Captain America,
1: <laughs> I am Homelander. I uh, that I pretty much is fucking Homelander. <laughs> when Randy's breast milk starts going missing from the freezer, that's when you know the gimmick's gone too far. I said there's,
0: there's just far too much going on there like for that. But it's one of those things when they say they have big plans for Cody to come back, I was like I was like, you no. Know See as long as it's not involving the TNT belt and it's not involving the AW belt. Well, I'm do whatever the fuck he wants. So, and then I'm thinking, wait, wait, no 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 no. Don't beat black. Don't be black. That's the only thing I ask. Do whatever you want, Cody, just don't beat black. <laughs>
1: And obviously tonight on Dynamite, you mentioned we might get a wee hint on where things are going with the likes of Darby Allen and CM Punk. Aye, that's
0: I want to see where these, where these are going. I want to hear more about what's going to be like, like obviously Daniel Bryan like came out to help Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. So are we going to get more of them vis the Elite? That actually very much interests me. I think that's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, completely forgot, there you go, that's how much is going on in AEW, The I minute mean, I forgot about Daniel Bryan, because we'd obviously talked about
0: him earlier on. <laughs> there's there's so many exciting options coming up for them, and I get the feeling that we're going to also see some people take little dips off television temporarily, only on the basis that I know that in October and November, a whole bunch of AEW stars are coming over for Comic-Cons, because I'm going to a bunch of them to meet some of them. And I know, like, in October in Edinburgh, we've got Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara are coming to to, to us. And uh-huh. um, November there is Jurassic Express, Britt Baker, Sting, Kenny Omega, are all appearing at a uh, Comic Con down in Wales. All right, next one. So they're they're actually like they're going full out in the meet and greet situations and making them reasonably priced as well for meeting some of these big stars.
1: It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um... Some Ring of Honor news. We don't tend to talk about them too much now. Their Ring of Honor. I, I feel sorry for. They were sort of them and Impact were sort of decimated by AW starting. We need talent. AW starting. WWE panics and hoards talent. Um, but they have their death before dishonor pay per view this coming um, this coming Sunday. Uh, the Honor Rumble, a fifteen man Honor Rumble for a Ring of Honor World Title shot. Ten men announced for that so far. Uh, Dan Housen, Beer City Bruiser, Dak Draper, Ray Horace, Brian Johnson, Joe Keys, Brian Manolis, Sledge, Silas Young, PJ Black, and five more to be announced. Uh, the first ever Ring of Honor Women's World Champion will be crowned Roxy versus Miranda Alez. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Fatal 4-way elimination match for the Ring of Honor World Championship, Bandito, Brody King, EC3 and Demonic Flamita. Uh, Jonathan Grishman versus Josh Woods for the Pure Championship. Uh, a couple more matches on there. The Briscoes in action against Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Dalton Castle in action against Eli Som. But the match, I, I was really looking forward to talking about on this show. And it's been announced since and now I don't want to talk about it because I'm quite angry at Ring of Honor. <laughs> so, TNA when TNA tickled, sorry, Impact Wrestling, tickled the balls and said, hey, now WWE released a bunch of people, we're going to bring them to us. You watch the show, you're going to see some guys come to us. And we saw the likes of, the first year it was Gallows and Anderson and EC3 and Eric Young and Heath Slater and you're like, oh, that's quite cool. That's quite cool. That's really cool. Then the next year, you know, Jay White coming over from Japan, you're like oh that's so cool and Chelsea Green returns and she's with Matt Cardona now on screen and off screen it's great. Well Ring of Honor advertised a match they advertised a singles match with no participants announced how do you do that? Well you tickle the balls of everyone by saying two top three agents who were recently released by another promotion are going to wrestle on our show and we were like oh And listen, straight away, I was like, it's going to be Bobby Fish against Buddy Murphy. And I got myself into a tizzy here thinking, here we go, Buddy Murphy versus Bobby Fish. That will be amazing. And then Stephen Wilson posted this graphic into the group chat. Jake Atlas versus former Tyler, now Taylor Rust. I was promised two top three agents, I was not promised a dark match from 205 Live, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Stephen was asking me, did you expect Braun Strowman? No, but I expected better than this. See if you said at least one of them, Jake and Tyler versus Bobby Fish. Fair enough. I'll be like, Bobby Fish, great. Maybe Jake and Taylor have been underutilised in WWE. But not both of them together, because I couldn't care less
0: i think like when i look when i looked at it i was like that is an underwhelming based on how they advertise it don't get me wrong two actual very good talents who just never got properly uh, again a victim of like not being utilized correctly um like the former ever rise now 2.0 let's hope that these two can actually put in a great match at ring of honor and like 2.0 kind of take the bull by the horns and kind of show people yeah we can actually go like i know jake atlas can Jake atlas has had some outstanding matches pre-wwe
1: Oh, no, I, I I don't doubt that they are going to be sensational. I don't doubt that these guys are going to go on to have great careers. But don't tell me, on a weekend when I've seen Brian and Cole jump ship, when I've seen Punk wrestle for the first time in seven years, when I've had two years of TN, ever so, ever so lovely, welcoming me back into the fold and bringing shiny new toys. Don't give me these charity shop toys. I'm sorry. I'm not interested. I'm. So, I was so looking for. I was like, I'm going to watch this and that. Fatal Four Way sounds great. And then I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about Ring of Honor again. I'm just talking about I'm here because I'm raging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: that's. It's. I, I do feel. I do feel sorry for like sometimes the talents in these situations because, like you know, they're not the ones that have promoted how that like the match and that. So it's like, absolutely. They're probably looking at the phone like, oh, I wonder how I might going to... Oh, for fuck's sake, everyone's going to think it's going to be fucking Braun Strowman. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I
1: know. It's... It's... <laughs> it is a, it's a bit of a pickle for the people who are mm-hmm. in it. to move on because I'm going to get nasty in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I wasn't nasty before, but anyway. Um, NXT last night, the last NXT before the rebrand. Um, a lot of people panicking about the rebrand you know it's black and gold it's now going to be uh, multicolored I'm hoping it's like a WWE rebrand as always where it's just like no we changed the color scheme but everything else is the same like I, I'm hoping it's that and that's that. that's it you know what I mean sometimes we get annoyed at WWE going well you said it's changed all you've done is change the color of the ropes I hope that's <laughs> it because NXT is fine the way it is you want to change the colours I wasn't clamouring for a colour change but you know you please yourself son like it's just
0: they've left left that last pre-recorded NXT with some actual really good angles going forwards so I'm I'm really hoping like yourself that it is just like we've just spray painted a different colour because looking at some of the things that are confirmed that will be happening next week like like the four way for the number one contenders match looks brilliant it looks it looks it looks a proper barnstorm waiting to happen and um, we're gonna have the index wedding which i'm not gonna lie i have been loving that storyline like they have like gargano selling the comedy value of that storyline and loomis just always been silent i i honestly i just i love comedy and wrestling and it's been one of the best things i think they've produced
1: gargano looked like the father-in-law uh, who was politely invited the stag do and has heard one too many jokes about his daughter getting pumped on a wedding night
0: (laughs) (laughs) that pretty much sums up and i just love the whole like i love i love the fact that they brought in the likes like cameron grimes and drake maverick and all that for the stag do as well
1: yeah yeah exactly it just it was over the top and over the top stupid characters and then dexter loomis just sitting there with his face not changing expression once (laughs)
0: And I absolutely love that, even things like the accidental high five that Johnny Gargano gives him and then suddenly it's like,
1: yeah we're
0: going to have a wedding I was like, oh, San's going to go tits up next week <laughs> of course it is <that's laughs> a wrestling wedding
1: <laughs> uh, Both NXT Tag Championships were on the line Io Shirai and Zoe Stark defending against Katie Catanzaro and Caden Carter and MSK put the titles on the line against Danny Burch and Onya Lorkin. Um Katie sorry uh Eo and Zoe retain but then are attacked by Mandy Rose. Mandy 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 Rose and her new her new protege, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan. They, uh, so there's some good there's, why is it that in a, a division with six women, NXT still manages to have Meaningful feuds for a tag belt, and yet across two divisions, WWE can see. Impressively, like the like the NXT
0: women's division
1: actually does have a
0: lot of talent available to them, and they've somehow grown really adept though at being able to utilize them in that really good way. Like they they can have a completely separate women's feud for the main, for the main title, while having this this tag and even within the tag ones, we saw the kind of the hints of dissent between EO and Stark which plants the seeds there for the inevitable. They're going to probably split up at some point when they finally lose the belts.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. I think the smart thing would make Zoe Stark's heel because to me she's very plain, very bland. Whereas Eo has had the heel run, she's now got the face run. She's faced because the crowd turned her face. And she has the, the credit in the bank with the NXT universe. Whereas... um face Zoe Starks is just new to it she's sort of thrown together um, going on to the men's tag team titles MSK defeating Danny Burch and Oney Um it was a good good bang fourth match but I think the most eventful moment was after the match Pete Dunn and Ridge Holland make their way to the ring and just beat the hell out of Burch and Lorcan that was the last thing we see as the show goes off the air it looks like the Pete Dunn faction, with the likes of Oney and, and that has disbanded. Pete's got his heavy, and Birch and Locken are back on their own. Aye, uh, that's that's
0: it. Uh, it's it, it was uh, to me, it was actually a turn that I I didn't expect. Like, I didn't feel there was any like kind of lead up to it, and that made it more interesting. The fact that like but, but like essentially Dunn's taken his new protege. Who, like, Ridge Holland, I, I think, obviously had that unfortunate injury which sidelined him for so long. This is going to be a great way to get Ridge Holland sort of more, t- like, to get him more experience, to get him into that kind of proper shape. Who better to put him with than Dunn? No,
1: absolutely, absolutely. No one, no one could turn around and say, like, if you made an argument for Pete Dunn. Being the best wrestler in the world, someone could go. Oh, but what well, about this guy? Like, you'd have to say to them, "No, but what's your argument that Pete Dunne isn't the best wrestler?" Don't give me enough. Give me reasons why Pete Dunn couldn't be the best wrestler in the world. You know what I mean? And I don't think anyone could. I. That's it. Like Pete Dunne, uh,
0: again. You can throw him into that, like sort of like top running, ki- top running li- list. Um, you know, you could put him up there with the likes of your Omegas, your Coles, and that. Pete Dunn has that and it's, it's so rare that we in the UK produce a talent of that calibre like you know we do produce a lot of solid wrestlers there's no doubt about that but Dunn yeah. is a different, le- he's a different level
1: I, th- I think a lot of the time see people we see on indie shows I think obviously because you know you're, you're in your wee bubble indie shows you sometimes overrate certain wrestlers and then when they go to WWE it's like ah he's really good is that one thing missing. Oh, I can't talk. I can't quite wrestle. I isn't quite, you know, as built as you would want him to be or something. You know what I mean? It's there's always one thing missing, but Pete Dunne, he has it all. He doesn't talk much, but when he does, he can and it's impactful. You know what I mean? He's he's like Silent Bob. He's <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean that's 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 what made Dunne work so well, is that he he's he's talking was done through his actions and you know he he had that. He had that proper, fantastic first run with the UK belt when he when he beat Tyler Bate for it, and he ran with it for what like 500 days or something like that. Yeah. Um, every defence, didn't matter who was against, he made it count. And it, it, the the funny thing is, too, like the the best champions they've had in the UK have now transitioned over to America. Dunn's over there, Kaylee Ray is now over there making an impact.
1: Well, that, I was going to say that when you mentioned about us producing talent. Kayleigh Ray defeats Ember Moon. Eh, also in the women's division, Mai Ying, in our in-ring debut, eh, dominates Virginia Ferry. The Creed Brothers, eh, now part of the Diamond Mine, defeated two local dip- competitors. Santos Escobar defeated breakout tournament winner Carmelo Hayes. Eh, most of the show was was the, the, the upcoming index wedding. And you mentioned about how they've set up some good angles for the coming weeks in this new rebranded NXT. And of course, next week's rebranded NXT, we're gonna have a fatal four way number one contenders match. Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, LA Knight, Tommaso Ciampa. Kyle O'Reilly and Tommaso Ciampa. Two two you could argue they are two of the first teams on a NXT Mount Rushmore by the way we do a Mount Rushmore series it's on our back (laughs) catalogue Pete Dunne carried the UK division and LA Knight is just an absolute treat they'll be probably the main event next week Frankie Monet will have a women's championship match again for Kel Gonzalez and of course the Hartwell uh, Indy Hartwell Dexter Loomis wedding that is going to be hilarious Wedding wrestling weddings never go smooth and some people always show up who you don't expect so I am so looking forward to seeing who shows up there NXT next week hopefully as we said the rebrand is just the fact that it's now brightly coloured
0: Aye, I'm hoping it's just brightly coloured I really am uh, I like, Next week, In That I'll Fail 4-Way this is going to sound daft, but I don't want Kyle O'Reilly to win it. I want him to not go into another title match until they're willing to put the belt on him because I feel he bloody deserves it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. See, um, that that was what hurt Dolph Ziggler in his WWE career. WWE, oh, well, oh it doesn't matter if he loses. No, it doesn't matter. You know, He's always about the title scene. and will eventually put the title on him when they grew cold on him. Whenever he gets put back into the title scene, you're like, Dolph's not winning this. Like the believability
0: has gone. Aye, that that's it, and I, I'm I i do not want to add happen to O'Reilly because like O'Reilly has proven he can stand alone. I think one of the most exciting things is like the Creed brothers looked outstanding, and this whole Diamond Mine thing with with um, Roderick Strong. I, I remember hearing the reports that they were talking that he was going to be one of the, kind of the big heels going forwards in NXT. That that like that stable looks proper for it. It kind of reminds me of Imperium a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sorry to be sick. So we're just getting up our next news story here because it is an absolute belter. (laughs) I don't know where I've put it. (laughs) Because I I, I need to get the picture because I need to read it like absolutely perfect because if I don't read it there, it's that, oh, good God. Well... Do you like WWE Hall of Famers? (laughs) He doesn't. (laughs) The most distinguished Hall of Famer. That is Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be... (laughs) Oh, good God. Right, yes. In 2021, Evander Holyfield is still boxing. He's taking on some guy, Belford. I believe he's an MMA fighter. He's now doing boxing. No Holds Barred, Holyfield B. Bellaford. President Trump hosts the most anticipated heavyweight fight of the year. Full live, in-person commentary by President Trump, September the 11th. Grant, I think this is safe to say that this is the most horrendous thing ever to happen on September the 11th since Scott McLeod was born.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, yeah. Like, the crazy thing about this card is that there's actually so many, like... Like former like fighters and that who are actually really untalented, and I was just like, "Why, why is this even allowed to happen? This is fucking ridiculous." <laughs> no, no. The funny thing is, though, the pay per view for the fight. If you want to watch it in the UK, we've got a, We get it at a steal. We get it at nine pounds ninety nine. But in America, their pay per view prices mean it costs like thirty six quid. Like fuck, would I be paying thirty six quid to watch that?
1: I, I may. I'm, I'm tempted to just see it because. I know we mostly talk about box, uh, wrestling on this podcast, but fuck boxing is in the shitter. When you've got YouTubers fighting each other and you've got, like, President Trump on commentary and Evander Holyfield coming back, that's when you know boxing is absolutely on its arse.
0: It's just... Like, like like to me boxing has become a bit of a, a bit of a fucking a joke right now. Like it's I'm wait, part was like, what what is it gonna sound like with Trump on commentary? This has gotta be the worst exchange of boxing I've ever seen. And I had a trade deal with
1: China. <laughs> China. China. It's in China. Why that is that is an odd one. I think of all the stories I've ever done on Central, this has got to be the weirdest. I think that, that this tops the list for weirdest. I couldn't end on it because, like, there's no going back from that. You don't come back next week and go, "Hiya!" And it's like, no, no, Ross, you ended a show last week telling us about pay per view with President Trump on it. You like, you know, get back to it. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe this is just him,
0: like, sort of like, eventually, sort of like, bringing his. Way into commentary, and he's going to take over like Mauro's role in NXT in years to come. Like it's it's just it's just madness. But I was like I was like this can't be real. I thought I thought honestly I thought it was a piss take article until I seen it on the BBC website. I was like, oh my.
1: So, SmackDown this, this Friday night is coming to you from Madison Square Garden, WWE back at MSG for the first time since the COVID outbreak. A massive show planned brought Lesnar's return to SmackDown. Uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch will sign their Extreme Rules contract. Edge versus Rollins too, And a lot of Raw superstars advertised as well. Um, Bobby Lash and Drew McIntyre also advertised for the show. Uh, the arena itself is advertising a dark match of John Cena and the Mysterios against the Bloodline. So it'll be interesting to see if John Cena appears on the show at all. But um, Edge versus Rollins too. Madison Square Garden, no better place to do it. And I'm hoping they get longer than they did on that SummerSlam card. I I think like like looking at the SmackDown card,
0: despite me not being ov- overly invested in the main roster on paper, I look at it and I'm like, you nope. That's actually interesting. I will, I will definitely be... I'm at least going to watch the highlights, so I'm going to hear what people say about it. It's it's one that does interest me, because Edge and Rollins at SummerSlam was one of the few matches on the card that I actually did enjoy. And I think watching Rollins just slowly but surely descend into absolute fucking madness is beautiful to watch.
1: Plus the return of Brock to just throwing people about. I cannot wait for there to be a match between like Lucha House Party against some local jobbers and Brotler comes out and decides no my time is now to get my hands on Roman and I'm going to kill these four fuckers while I do it I, I mean like the fact that
0: Le- Lesnar is looking like a complete Viking right now as well it's absolutely terrifying like
1: yeah he looks amazing that's the thing he looks amazing people online he looks about out of shape what? how is that out of shape and i looked at it I was, like, I was like if anything he looks he actually
0: looks more terrifying than he ever did like there was just something about that look the way that he came out at the end of summer i was like uh you you look a lot more fucking terrifying than before just didn't he do the wee girl scream again
1: <laughs> uh, so smackdown looks like it's going to be a great End to the week of wrestling. Also, Rampage Pack versus uh, Andrade El Idolo. That's going to be an absolute cracker. That um, we'll move on to Campbell's question. And David Campbell put this in the community page the day after all out. He said, "Doing this a day early, as I'm sure we're all buzzing after last night." My question is thus: What is a dream match? AEW dream AEW match. Sorry for one of the wrestlers who made their debuts last night. So we'll look at some of the answers here. Just uh, Jack Graham put the match I believe that's coming, uh, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, is going to be an absolute class watch. Um, Alan Laurie put Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston, uh, Ruby Soho versus Jade Cargill, CM Punk versus Miro, and Adam Cole versus John Silver. Um, Callum Bennett put punk versus Omega. Uh, Alan Lucas put punk versus Cole, Danielson versus Darby Allen, Sting versus Black. Sting and Black didn't debut, but I, I get the point. Like if we're doing dream matches, Sting versus Black, is quite good. Um, Christopher Anthony Lopez put CM Punk versus Adam Cole, Britt Baker and Adam Cole versus Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Oh, yeah, and Danielson versus anyone with a pulse. Um, Kwaku Aji put Cole and Baker versus Jungle Boy and Anna J. Uh, you put, well, well, we'll put your two, uh, we'll read your two, and you can go into more detail with them in a minute. Uh, David Hockney put Cole versus Christian. Anthony put, Fitzpatrick put Cole versus Jungle Boy. Stephen Wilson put Danielson and Punk versus The Bucks and Cole versus Darby Allin. Uh, Ryan Dalgleish put, would love Brian Brian Danielson versus Omega. And your ones, Danielson and Punk versus Jurassic Express, and then Danielson versus Suzuki.
0: Aye, that's that's like dream match territory for me. Like Jurassic Express, the reason I, I put that down for one is Jurassic Express are a fun tag team to watch. Like the kids love them, the adults love them. Like who'd have thought? would like would get would get a, a six foot odd dinosaur over on primetime telly, but they've done it. And Danielson and Punk as a tag team is just, that that is just money. As for Suzuki and Danielson, well, Danielson made it clear he wants to go to Japan, and Suzuki is possibly one of the best Japanese wrestlers ever. There's no denying it with his absolute history. You say Suzuki, even a lot of fans who aren't that well versed on Nindy stuff will be like, oh yeah, we know him. He's fucking scary. Murder grandpa. He's out to kill.
1: Some absolutely great matches, I think. Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, as Jack says, it's a match that's it's a match that's going to be great. I'd I'd like to see Ruby Soho versus I'll go Hikaru Shida. Love to see those two go at it. I'll go I'll try I'll try do ones that haven't been done. I'll try to be a wee hipster or out. Right? <laughs> we'll go Billy Gunn versus Punk. We'll go Billy Gunn versus Brian Danielson <laughs> <laughs> versus Ruby Soho. You know what? Put the three of them together, and we'll have them take on the Gun Club. Twenty-four and old baby.
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be a, that would actually be fucking brilliant. And, and also just thinking about we're talking about AW, the good news about about the next pay per
1: view. It's back to a Saturday. Uh, oh, thank God! Can we like right, Saturdays are good, but can we also move it back to twelve? Because WWE have done this as well. The WWE Edge on a pay per view was ah, oh, but it's at twelve o'clock. They went back to one a.m. push, and I'm not having it. Like that
0: that one a.m. stuff. I've, I've kind of grown like AEW when I know a pay per view is going to run. I know it's going to be like a, a twelve in the morning, like twelve till five job. I just know it's going to be the case. But at the same time, they're not making me do it every single month, so they usually make it worth the wait.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I think um Oh, you know what I just thought of? Adam Cole versus Christian. Oh. Daniel Bryan versus um, Still going for Billy Gun. You know what? I'd mean, MGF against Punk because I'd love the promos.
0: I I think like you put you put punk and MGF in that and that you the, the promos would be would be dynamite. And because of the whole forbidden door, I just I keep fantasy booking Jay White into any of these situations because Jay White can also talk well on the
1: mic. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, there's so many, so many things that can happen through the forbidden door. What about the Lucha Brothers against Billy Gunn? No, sorry, I'm just I'm stuck <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I, No, I quite like. Um, with Daniel Bright, sorry Brian Danielson, got in a feud with Ricky Starks. Him and maybe the Jurassic Express against Team Taz. Okay, that that would actually be quite a, quite a great one.
0: And you know there is going to be a place where we can make these matches happen soon. Because we're Sarah told us where we could make it happen.
1: The AEW game. Yes, the AEW game. That's it's currently developing. It looks a lot more sleeker than the than the beta. so the the beta version that came out. Not came out, but like was advertised beforehand like it was essentially a rough drawn-up game and people shit on it instantly and you're just like give it a chance it's not came out yet it's like it's like this game is not finished yet but yeah it, i believe it was at a press conference i don't know where but essentially they showed jungle boy i think it was at the all-out fan fest actually before all out they showed jungle boy um looking a lot sleeker Look, the the gameplay looked a lot smoother, more realistic, and is there a timeline on when this game's coming out.
0: See, well, there's still that early in development. They've not given timelines. They've not confirmed like the entire roster that will be in it or anything like that they're they're just really given as little teasers. Like some people, like proper proper gamers, would maybe argue that they're maybe shown too much too soon because it's probably. I, if I was to put a guess I'm expecting it'll probably some point late next year but then again it depends on if they're using like an existing engine because it's Ukes that are developing it and I know they've done WWE games in the past so they've got some experience doing this I just hope that like AEW gives them a bit more time compared to WWE and they let it to breathe because that became really the big problem with the WWE games it was like FIFA same game every fucking
1: year well, that that was the thing. You were buy you buy FIFA now, and essentially you're buying it for the, you're buying it for the strips. You're essentially buying it for the new pretty costumes. That's what WWE became. Like you're buying it for, because they always put wrestlers in their WrestleMania gear, and it's like, oh, that's what we're buying it for. There now.
0: that's it. it. Became and and actually got to that point. Like kind of like some of the later WWE games. I think it was like around about TK nineteen 2 k eighteen. Or what, they actually found a way to bring it the new game and make it worse than the last one <laughs>
1: oh, I'm just reading here Yeah, it was on the episode of AEW Games 2 point show um, they showed a footage of a match between Darby Allen and Jungle Boy, that showed Jungle Boy's moves and taunts um, no release date has been announced but it, they want to release it in the first quarter of 2022 Obviously, they must actually be quite far in development compared
0: to what I thought, which is is fantastic. It's fantastic though because I do like. I, I it feels like it's been years since I've looked forward to a wrestling game.
1: Yeah, I I haven't bought one in years. Like I I generally bought FIFA twenty because on the day FIFA twenty one came out, FIFA twenty was reduced to six quid, and I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that that's I haven't bought a FIFA game in ages. I, I've, I haven't have bought a wrestling game in ages partly it's going to have lots of major names though because i think they have made they've made sure to get people's rights for these games right that's that's i think
0: like they're working quite close with AEW, and the one thing that's been quite evident so far is that tony Khan is a very good businessman who likes to mm. he, He's he's a fan first and foremost like I don't know like if you watched any of the AEW media scrum, but whenever like for example Daniel like when when Danielson was talking stuff like that, Tony Khan just sits there the way I would. He just looks at him longingly. With pure <laughs> with pure love, like this is one of my heroes. Right beside me. And Daniel Bryan finally being allowed to swear is one of the funniest things ever.
1: <laughs> I think he was allowed well, he wasn't allowed to, but if he did it, no one would have punished him because he's like, I'm Daniel Bryan, fuck you. It was,
0: uh, I think one of the best quotes that came out of that was was it when like, sitting there with Tony Khan. And he talks, but it's it like I've came in here and he, he mentions he's like, yeah, you know, punks came in. He wants to help, kind of put over the new talent. And that I'm here to kick some fucking heads. in
1: <laughs> well, I've enjoyed doing this show. Uh, we've had Campbell's question. We've had all the all out fallout. We've had a SmackDown preview. We've looked ahead to the new year of NXT. And you know what? we have even made some jokes about President Trump so all in all I've had a wonderful time (laughs) we'll be back next week with a review of Smackdown from Madison Square Garden and the new year of NXT and of course we'll be talking all things Rampage and Dynamite with the likes of uh, Moxley versus Suzuki tonight and Andrade versus Pac this coming Friday so some good wrestling to watch this coming week and some good stuff to review next week. Hope to see you next week thank you for joining me Grant McRobbie
0: thank you for having me on it's been, it's been the perfect week for me to come on when it's just like the right time to be a wrestling fan for all of
1: us exactly hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you again soon bye bye hello I am Jack Graham I am Scott McClough and I'm David Hockney and you can catch us most in one of the greatest shows in the history of podcasts, Saturday Draft Live. You can share in every Saturday to find out who on the ESSR has the best chance of winning the current season of our Saturday Draft.
0: As always, you can catch Saturday Draft Live on all good podcasting platforms. Sports Social Podcast Network.